please, please do not harm us. We have come to your planet for one thing, the Francine Marie Show. It's the only content we can digest. Oi, Billy! Oscar! Dave! Get up! Francine Marie Show's on! Good morning. Thanks for joining us. They say that breast milk contains antibodies that help our baby fight off viruses and bacteria. Lowers baby's risk of asthma and allergies. You can read that online. Joining us today with the real truth, we have Gabriella Francisco and also Monica Gibbs. They are our Mecklenburg County experts in the Public Health Program Coordinating Department. But you guys have another title. Monica. Yes. So my title is Reproductive Life Planning Educator. And I work an initiative called Improving Community Outcomes for Maternal and Child Health. We call it ICO for MCH. And my initiative works to reduce infant mortality, unintended pregnancies, and to improve healthy birth outcomes. And this is Gabriella Francisco, and I am the program supervisor for the Positive Parenting Program, or otherwise known as Triple P. And that is also one of the components of the Improving Community Outcomes for Maternal and Child Health. We work very closely to our breastfeeding initiative as well. And so we are program educators slash coordinators. I like it. When Mecklenburg County said that they had someone to talk about breastfeeding, I said, what? (laughs) I've never done a show about breastfeeding before. And that's a darn shame. You're doing more now. So this is a start. I'll tell you my story. Can I tell you my story? So turn the radio off because this is going to be funny. It wasn't funny at the time. So my kids are 17 years apart. So, you know, some new things that come about (laughs) after that second child. So I said, I'm going to breastfeed. I'm going to have a midwife. You know, I'll do everything but have this baby in the woods. (laughs) So had the baby, midwife, check. Um, Nice environment, check. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this breastfeeding. So Desiree latched on two seconds after she's born, right? And she bites me. To the point of scabbing my breast. And I said, what is this? What is this child doing to me? She's a newborn. Why is she so strong? Mm -hmm. So I immediately called the nurse and asked for some formula. Mm -hmm. Because I thought that was weird. But is it weird? It's not weird. It's not weird. It's actually really common. There's so many things that can take place with breastfeeding in the field of lactation, but it could have been because of a shallow latch, for example. So maybe she wasn't deep onto the nipple and areola enough. So a lot of different reasons could have come into play, but it's actually really common. And I think we can probably speak to our own personal experience and say that we've shared something similar. Well, Monica and I were both breastfeeding mothers at the same time, too. So it's it's not ideal. It's very painful. And unfortunately, because that often happens, it leads to a lot of moms deciding to introduce formula, even when it's uh, maybe a little bit too early or not medically indicated. Okay. I did try step two, which was to pump. Great. Threw that thing up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's a job in itself. That's really, it It requires, you know what, breastfeeding and breast pumping or milk pumping. It's not easy. It is a lot of work. And I think one thing that we try to do with Mecklenburg County Public Health in our initiative is to normalize not only breastfeeding, but the struggles that breastfeeding moms have to go through, especially working moms who have to figure out how to pump and how much do I set up my bottles and how, you know, I have pain, I'm experiencing this. And so we want to normalize, but we also want to educate and provide information to resources and to support programs that exist in the community. Because I think I had made an appointment with a lactation nurse. Tell us about them. 
So they are very much supportive of breastfeeding. Obviously, their title is lactation nurse or lactation consultant. They are available through hospitals and then some doctor's offices. We're seeing now they are being promoted a little more than they were years ago. I do remember when I started breastfeeding, I think I remember Lelechi back then. Then they come into your hospital room and make sure that your child was latching on. If you did ask for a bottle back then, or if you chose to do both, there wasn't much of the empowerment piece of you being able to choose what you wanted to do. It was like you thought that this has to work this way, which I think a lot of moms feel if it doesn't work, then I'm not doing it. Fortunately for me, it did work out. I had some issues with my daughter latching on at first, and the consultant helped me get her to latch on, as like Gabby was saying, get the areola in there, get it on there right, and she went to work. We had a successful breastfeeding journey, but definitely um, lactation consultants are the people to to reach out to. And I thought some women just have better yeah, anatomy. They have better anatomy yeah. for the baby to latch on to. You know what? There's no perfect anatomy, and every woman is shaped differently. Every baby's mouth and oral cavity mm-hmm. is shaped differently, too. So there are a lot of different factors that come into play. The stars somewhat have to align to have that perfect, mm-hmm. nice, deep latch right away. But that's why the field of lactation is so important. International Board Certified Lactation Consultants, or IBCLCs, and uh, they are trained to help with breastfeeding initiation and duration. So their goal is to not only help with that first time latch, but also help educate a mom so that she's aware on what good breastfeeding should feel like, what it looks like, what those outcomes will look like on the baby's end too. So we're talking about output, what dirty diapers, and then help support that mom long term during her breastfeeding journey. Do you know, well, it depends on the baby, how hungry they are. Should a ba- should the baby have certain amount of breast milk per day versus, you know, we'll throw some formula in a bottle in a minute and throw it in their mouth. But when it comes to breastfeeding, it's like, well, honey, you're yeah. going to have to wait. <laughs> well, the American Academy of Pediatrics does recommend exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months of life. So that means avoiding the introduction of any artificial breast milk if possible. And they do recommend ongoing breastfeeding for that full year with the introduction of other solid foods. So, But those first six months, ideally breast milk has all the nutrients necessary to not only sustain life, but help that baby grow in a healthy way. So helping baby develop that immune system as well. And again, we always say that um, unless it's medically indicated, a mom should really feel empowered and supported to try to exclusively breastfeed because that that's what carries the highest amount of health benefits for both mother and child. I don't know if you're referring to the um, how much you should feed. My kids uh, kind of set their schedule in between every two to three hours, I would say. So it's not so much different. from. And I know what you mean, like we pop the bottle in. It depends on your baby. If you got a good milk production, you're going to. But we like to promote that it is enough for the baby. Because some people tend to think, like, I don't have enough or right. I can't. No, it is perfect. It nurtures. It grows them. The beautiful part of it for me was seeing that. Like, I was sustaining my child's health, like, with just my milk. And I didn't have to add in, you know, bottled or um, Mm -hmm. cereal. And so those things are important to remember as well. Women are miracles. Can I just say that out loud? We create people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Joining us this morning is Gabriella Francisco and also Monica Gibbs. We're talking about breast milk. Everybody raise their hand who was breastfed. Well, yeah. Oh, I was too. My mom never told me. I don't know. 
Yeah. Back way back when. I know they teased my father. It's like he stayed on <laughs> his mother's breast. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got that story. Right. Like he was breastfeeding until his five that years old. That was my old. little brother. He breastfed. Um, my mother breastfed him until he was about four. Because it's hard to take him off. I went to, yeah. they went to two, and then a couple of them went to two and a half years. But my, my cutoff was two. When you get there, it's it's hard because you create that bond and it becomes, you know, by that time they're talking, they're eating regular foods, um, and it's more for comfort, mm-hmm. um, maybe to go to sleep or if they just want to be close to mama. And so Aww. you do create that bond and it's hard to cut it, cut it off. So, it's yeah. like, no more for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, is it true that the bottom line is that breastfeeding can save lives? Yes. Is it? Okay. 100%. It'll decrease the likelihood of that child suffering from allergies. What we say about breast milk is that it's chock full of protective factors that artificial breast milk or formula doesn't contain. So breast milk is a living substance. It changes with the baby. The fat contact changes throughout the day. Antibodies and immunological factors that are present in breast milk change throughout baby's lifetime too. So much more than just nutrition. It is the development of um, a healthy immune system for that infant. But then also on the mother's end, on the maternal end, combined years of all breastfeeding that a mother has done in her life helps to decrease her own likelihood of suffering from cancers later in life, including breast cancer and ovarian cancer, as well as decreasing her likelihood of suffering from cardiac diseases. So much to know. How did you ladies get into the field? For me, working with the young women back east, and seeing all the issues that they dealt with outside of pregnancy. And I saw that there was a huge disparity everywhere. The gap in the, what I talked about earlier, the quality of care that they were getting, access to care, and then their their overall education of what they were supposed to have access to was like so small. I began to do research on like, I had a class full of women that were all going to give birth to babies that had birth defects. And I was like, what? is happening. Each one of them had some type of um, high-risk physician that they were seeing to monitor their conditions. And I had a few moms who, after they gave birth, were coming down with preeclampsia and um, all kinds of conditions that we thought not have gone away, but had gotten better, they were back. And so I did research and I found this project that dealt with um, unintended pregnancies and reducing infant mortality and um, sent my things in and I ended up in Charlotte. And so working with the community Mm -hmm. on educating them um, to help um, combat these statistics. You're activists in a way. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I ended up here because I'm a mother of two. I became interested in the field of lactation seven years ago. Oh, my gosh. Um, When I had my first child, my son. And it really stemmed from the struggles that I faced as a breastfeeding mother. Culturally, breastfeeding is very normal. I'm identified as a Hispanic woman. And I saw all my aunts breastfeed. I saw my mom breastfeed my younger siblings. It was what was expected. And so I, I... I knew that I would breastfeed my children, but I didn't realize how difficult it, it would be, how painful it would be. So that really sparked my interest in the field and how um, how easy it is to not provide this so wonderful source. Um, and then I went into the field of public health, and I've been a public health administrator now. Um, and this is really a, a something, a part of my life that I'm very passionate about, is working under maternal and child health um, departments and and the programs that we serve to help bring awareness to this topic in the community. I love it. You're in the business of life. Yeah. Yeah, you are. That's a good way to think of it. I like mm-hmm. it. Yay. That's good. I can tell you war stories. You want me to continue? <laughs> <laughs> we can. Yeah. <laughs> so 
when I couldn't breastfeed, one of the suggestions was, you know, to toughen up your breast. And so, you know, it was almost like go outside and rub them on the sidewalk, toughen them up. Do they have to be that tough? That's a great question. You know, I still, I I feel like I hear that still. And um, some like websites, and and now you just don't know who to trust or anyhow. But um, I have heard that, that you should toughen them up. Like some folks even take like a towel and rub them up. You shouldn't have to cause yourself any kind of pain during pregnancy or after once you start actually lactating. Um, We do encourage all women to seek the support of a board-certified lactation consultant if they have any questions, their pediatrician or their OB, um, because there are support systems out there for women who choose to breastfeed. And so toughening up the nipple shouldn't be that first kind of go-to. Going to a professional who can help you um, develop a good deep latch, find the positioning that you're comfortable with, answer any questions that you might have about how to get baby to latch on, that should really be the first step before we encourage moms to to potentially hurt themselves by trying to toughen up their nipples. So seek help, ladies. There are um, lactation consultants in the community who are able to support um, your lactation needs. So please don't hurt yourselves. Don't do anything harmful yeah. to your nipples. You know, we'll do anything. We'll wait for the baby. Yeah, we, will. Yeah. we will. And the baby might end up hurting your nipple too. So it's, you don't want added bruising and no. you know, seek yeah. help. Seek help. So we're looking for a board-certified lactation consultant. They have to be board-certified. Yes. So there are different um, levels of certifications within the field of lactation. The kind of the standard um, professional who you would seek advice and counsel from when it comes to lactation would be an internationally board-certified lactation consultant. That is the IBCLC. There may be other um, agencies and organizations that offer certified lactation support or certified breastfeeding Mm -hmm. specialists who are also very um, much educated on the field of lactation. But your go-to resource in the community who will be able to provide you both clinical and non-clinical support when it comes to breastfeeding is your IBCLC, and that is the standard in the field of lactation. Those are the individuals that you would encounter, for example, on a maternity floor in a hospital. Got it. And that would come right after the baby's born and on our insurance or they cost a little more on the side. So they it may vary. So some folks, um, some board certified lactation consultants are um, are able to offer private um, or, or host their own private practices and work almost in conjunction to um, OB clinics and other pediatric offices. Um, many of the lactation consultants that you'll find are um, in the hospital. So those first couple of days postpartum. But fortunately for us, a lot of our hospitals here in the Charlotte region are what we call baby-friendly. So they are have accomplished the 10 steps of successful breastfeeding set by the World Health Organization. And so they are able also to provide outpatient lactation services and are able to accept things like Medicaid insurance um, and or sliding scales. So there are opportunities there for individuals in the community who are seeking help, including uh, Mecklenburg County Public Health also has peer counselors available that work through our WIC department. Um, to be able to provide um, breastfeeding support for women in the community at no charge or at sliding scales. Mm, We are educating and normalizing, supporting and encouraging breastfeeding this morning. It's a beautiful thing when it happens. (laughs) Yes. It really is. The mom looks so calm. That's why I thought I was the weird one, right? She looks so calm over there. And they do, like on TV or even the ads that you see, just so beautiful. It's not always like Like that. Like they hear music that we don't hear or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
And then even for, I think I'll add on to what Gabby was saying, for those women that just for whatever reason, they're not comfortable with the idea of their baby suckling on their breast. Some women are just weirded out by it or they don't want it. But there are um, now so many options with pumps and the hospitals can help you and different, you know, just depending on what type of pump, the different insurance companies um, will give you access. I know when I had my first baby, um, that they were still using that little plastic Medela hand pump. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to pump my life away. I had such a heavy milk supply, but I pumped and I used it, but it came in handy for me. And um, later on, you know, they have the electric ones where you can put both on at one time and do other things. But there's so many options out there that can help you support um, mm-hmm. your breastfeeding decisions. Yeah. And then to make these decisions, I know when, you know, we grow up, we're going to marry a prince on a horse and, you know, we make all these plans. (laughs) But in reality, I guess we should start thinking about it. Yeah. You know, once we get pregnant, do you want to breastfeed? I know that's a lot for a woman to think about. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. Um, We always encourage whenever possible women, once they become, once they find out they're pregnant and start seeking prenatal care, to start thinking about their breastfeeding plan. And if they don't already, maybe begin identifying folks in their circle, their support people who might, um, who could be of support to them if they go ahead and choose to breastfeeding or to to breastfeed. We know that... um, a woman's support circle, her partner, her mother, her mother-in-law, these are key people um, who may influence her decision to mm-hmm. breastfeed. And so the more people that we can reach with our message to normalize and to educate about the benefits of breastfeeding, the better, because we're not only reaching each individual mom, but we're trying to also um, help support her support people and make them aware that um, maybe you didn't breastfeed, but if this is your daughter and you're your first grandchild, you know, you should still perhaps be open to learning about the benefits of breastfeeding and support her decision, whatever that may be. Can you have too much breast milk? Yes, there's something called oversupply. It can be something that impacts that can impact that mom's comfort level. And it really is, (laughs) there's so many things that can take place with breastfeeding. So um, in the early stage of postpartum, once you are establishing that milk supply, sometimes overstimulation might lead to an oversupply where mom's breasts become engorged and full of milk. There's always ways to help downgrade that milk supply. And so again, we, we really encourage moms to seek the support of a lactation consultant of an IBCLC who can help them work out different issues, whether it be oversupply or perhaps a low supply that they wish to build up. But yes, there are there is such thing of, of having a, of maybe too much milk um, okay. at any time. Yeah. See, I just learned something. So I had that with my firstborn. Um, when my milk came in, it came in and it just wouldn't stop. And I, I remember um, feeding her and her, like, she went to sleep on that first feeding. She had milk. We took a picture. She has milk running down her chin. It was so funny. But while she napped... I was pumping, and I remember my mom helping. I'm like, Mom, I need bottles. Bring me. There were the little four-ounce glass bottles, and I'm like, I need more. I had a freezer full of milk that went past age one that we had because I – and it was really um, – I guess I wasn't educated on the part of having the oversupply, but I thought to myself, I've got to pump it or I'm going to either become engorged or lose this milk. But I could not keep up with the supply. But after that, um, it regulated with my other children, abundant only when I needed to feed them. 
mm-hmm. like perfect, like on time, Timing. fill up. Um, yeah, but that first one, mm-hmm. goodness, you that was with your first baby, my right? First, so it's yeah. not surprising to you. your first time mom, younger, young than when you had your last children. So that milk, when it came in, it came in. It came in super strong. Yeah. Wow. And you can freeze it. You can yeah, freeze you can breast freeze milk. It. I mm-hmm. mean, and you could feed it back to them even. After you are no longer breastfeeding, so oh, you could put, put it in their in milk. Cereal. Put I in would the, mix exactly. the cereal up with yeah, it. And... I've I've known moms who put it on baby's eczema, mm-hmm. pink eye. I mean, yeah. breast milk really, because it's alive and it has mom's antibodies. It really is specially designed to help combat any kind of infection in or around baby. <laughs> and I don't know if they're still doing this, but I, I do remember when it came popular to give it to people who were um, had contracted HIV AIDS. Mm-hmm. They would give the breast milk because it was healthy, um, a way to get them their weight up and then to give them the nutrients and, you know, things that were in the breast milk. And so I don't know if they're still doing that. And then also people can donate for premature babies whose moms, you know, weren't able to produce or for whatever reason, if they, mm-hmm. you know, didn't want to, you could donate milk for other people's oh, babies as well. Oh, that is mm-hmm. so generous, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. I said, women are miracles. They are. Appreciate us, y'all. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> All right. I think you have left us with enough information that we can arm ourselves and get that breast milk to baby. Yes, please. For any other information or maybe inquiries about um, where to find community resources for breastfeeding, you can do a search for us at um, mecnc.gov or search for us online at ICO for MCH Mecklenburg County. Thank you. Yes, Meck County, you go there. Yes, thank you. Hey, thanks thank to you. all your buddies over there for setting this up. Yeah. Shout out to Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca, she's <laughs> Rebecca, awesome. Tanisha, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Well, your one hour public talk radio has come to an end. I am going home. What are you going to do? Well, hopefully, maybe you'll come back next week. Same time, same station. I am your hostess of the most is Francie Marie. Until we meet, darling, I want you to have a good week. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the Francie Marie Show, where we address issues concerning you and your family. That's all for now. See you next week. Pop, pop, it's showtime. 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 Guess who's back